Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? Justin Nault here with another episode of the Clovis Culture Podcast. Today's episode is the first update of what will probably be several updates documenting my experience with COVID-19. That's right, I have officially tested positive for COVID-19. I am now about 14 days into this experience, and I just want to share the whole process with you in hopes of, honestly, kind of calming down some of the fear surrounding this thing. I feel pretty good. Now, in fairness, I am very metabolically healthy. I've been talking about this for quite some time on the podcast, that the number one risk factor for severe complications from COVID-19 is obesity. And of course, obesity is a pretty clear signal that the human body is dealing with some kind of metabolic dysfunction. Then we get into all of this talk of comorbidities, hypertension, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, autoimmune conditions, etc., etc. These are all things that drastically increase your risk of severe complications from COVID-19. If you want to learn more on this, last week I did an episode on the new CDC data discussing the actual death rate and the comorbidities associated with problematic outcomes from COVID-19. I won't go into much detail on that here because I've already recorded episodes about this. These updates are really just to share my personal experience with the virus, with this illness, COVID-19. The best way I can describe what I'm experiencing would be somewhere between a common cold and a sinus infection. And if you're very familiar with my content and are used to hearing my voice, you can probably tell that I sound a bit nasally right now. This sinus congestion just will not let up and has been with me for the entire 14 days, unfortunately. But hey, considering all the news coverage we're getting of this terrifying virus and how scared people are of it, if the biggest problem I have is sinus congestion, I really don't have a whole lot to complain about. I dig into all of that and more in the episode explaining all of my symptoms and how I've been feeling day to day and what I'm doing to combat COVID-19 and try to recover as quickly as possible. And again, this is one of several updates I will share with you. I have been sharing the experience inside of my private Facebook group, The Clovis Academy, which you can join by visiting IamClovis.com slash Facebook. Again, IamClovis.com slash Facebook. Facebook so you can stay up to date with all of my COVID updates, which I normally do live and actually field questions from people watching the live video. So I can interact with you directly if you join that group at IamClovis.com slash Facebook. This episode is really just a broad overview of my experience, how I was exposed, what made me go get a test to determine that I was positive, and my overall plan for dealing with the virus. And in later episodes, we will explore things like hydroxychloroquine, high-dose zinc, uh, supplements that I'm taking, and some other possible treatments for mitigating the symptoms of COVID-19. Now, again, I am not a doctor. This is not medical advice. I say this constantly on the podcast. Please do not mistake this for medical advice. I am simply sharing my experience with you. I am not saying you should do any of the things that I have done to deal with COVID. That is a conversation you will have to have with your healthcare professional, and I am consulting with some of the best doctors I have ever met behind the scenes to determine my own treatment for COVID-19. I am not a doctor, and this is not medical advice. Before we begin, I just want to tell you about a brand new free program that I have launched called the Clovis Crash Course. This is a course that will teach you everything you need to know about the Clovis lifestyle and my approach to nutrition and fitness. Over the course of five days, you will receive a daily email lesson and a daily video lesson covering the most critical aspects of health and wellness, and perhaps even more importantly, debunking some of the most common myths in the world of nutrition and fitness. Along with your daily video and email lessons, you will also receive links to YouTube videos and podcasts to help you further your education and continue learning about the topics we cover each day. Again, the Clovis Crash Course is 100% free. All you have to do to join is visit IamClovis.com slash crash course. Again, IamClovis.com slash crash course or just click on the link in the show notes within your podcast app. Sign up for the crash course and you will receive your day one email immediately. I cannot wait to share this information with you. All right, on to the podcast episode. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? 
It's Justin. Welcome to COVID update number one, I guess we will call this. I'll probably do many of these. Uh, let me make sure this is recording real quick. There we go. Okay, I got the live button. Let me pull this up just to make sure I can see your comments and everything because sometimes this new live viewer gets wonky. So yeah, just wanted to pop on here, let you guys know that I am in fact COVID positive. Let me go to, geez, let me find this. Make sure we're live. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. I got a new webcam, everybody. This thing's awesome. It shoots 4K, but I don't think that my current laptop can actually support 4K, which means now I got to get a new freaking laptop, man. It's Shit just goes obsolete way too quick in the world of tech. All right, cool. We got some live viewers. I got this pulled up here. I need to see some comments. Let me test. Hello. Comment. Boom. There we go. Okay, awesome. Hey, everybody. So, yeah, first things first, I do, in fact, have COVID. And I'm dying of it, as you can tell, right? But anyway, um, I just wanted to walk everybody through what it's been like so far. So first things first, I don't know when I actually contracted it. Um, I knew that I was gonna test positive. I was basically like 99.9% .9 sure I was gonna test positive. I spent a lot of time with somebody who ended up testing positive, lost their smell, um, some really significant um, symptoms, right? Just telltale symptoms of COVID from what we're told of COVID symptoms. So. That test came back positive on Tuesday, and by that time, I was already having symptoms. I've probably been having symptoms of some kind for about a week now. I would say seven days. Last Saturday, a week ago today, my mom was like, you sound really stuffy. I was like, yeah, I kind of feel a little stuffy. Something weird's going on, right? Um, but here's the thing. So once I thought COVID was even a possibility, I started reaching out to different doctors. Like you guys know that, uh, those of you that know, I work with a company called Wild Health, which is just a full-blown turnkey system of functional medicine practitioners, uh, really good buddies with Dr. Anthony J. Dr. Anthony J. is a PhD. He has a PhD in biochemistry, and he was a virologist for the U.S. government for 10 years. So he's like my go-to source for all things um, virology, really, or all things coronavirus. Like anything coronavirus-related, I just run it by Dr. J. Emailing back and forth with him right now, uh, actually about hydroxychloroquine, which we can talk about here in a minute. Um, hopefully YouTube doesn't, not YouTube, Facebook, whatever, doesn't ban me for talking about that shit. Um, but here's the thing, what we haven't been able to lock down, what I'm unsure of, is people talk about an incubation period. So when you're exposed to the virus, everything that I've been told so far is about a seven to 10 day incubation period. During that seven to 10 days, the virus can be present in your system, but you will be asymptomatic. And then they say that you are most contagious two to three days prior to you actually displaying physical symptoms. So. I guess I would have been most contagious last week. The problem being that last weekend, I was with virtually my entire family. Um, I, I, I see my stepdad and my mom almost every day. I saw my dad, his girlfriend, my sister, her girlfriend. We all did a big uh, dinner at, on Sunday at the lake house, went on the boat. We were all around each other, right? So when you start getting into this contract, contact tracing situation, the ripple effects are astounding. And you start to realize how this thing really works or how any any cold or flu or any viral infection of any kind works when you think about the r not like the average person it affects two other people right so i on average would impact two other people and those two other people would go on to impact four people and those four people would go on to impact you know it's it's exponential it's just exponential growth of spread and it's almost impossible to trace this because you don't know the day you were exposed you don't know the first day that you began symptoms all you can do is go through it in your head and try to figure out try to piece together so if i had to guess right now i think i was first exposed to this 15 days ago on a friday evening 15 days ago and the person that tested positive that i saw that night i saw four additional times between the time that they tested positive and my first exposure that I can think of to that. I have other friends that have had COVID, but I haven't seen them in months. Um, so I was pretty sure that I was going to pop up positive. And I wish that I could pinpoint these things because now when you test positive, I can actually share this with you, but I went to Vanderbilt. Um, I heard a lot about rapid testing. Apparently the rapid tests are not cleared by the FDA. So a lot of places say that they have rapid testing and they say the FDA, who I don't trust worth a shit anyway, but the FDA says that these rapid tests are problematic because if you don't have a high enough viral load, you can get a false negative. So they're blaming a lot of these false negatives actually on these rapid tests. So I don't know how true that is. I don't know. You guys know I just did an episode about the new CDC data saying that only 6% of COVID deaths are actually COVID deaths. That wasn't true. That's a very inaccurate statement to make. But... 
The fact remains, all of this is up in the air and none of us have any clue what we're talking about, literally, <laughs> right? So that's the confusing thing is it's the, the more I talk about COVID, I told people that I had COVID and everyone's like, oh my God, this is crazy, right? So let's dig into symptoms. Now, the person that I contracted COVID from is having some significant symptoms, whereas, sorry, my brother's calling me. Let me put this on do not disturb. Oh, it's in do not disturb, but he's in my favorites. He gets through the, the, the firewall. Um, so the person that had, that had COVID that I got it from, they lost their sense of smell, body aches, uh, chills, sweats, those kinds of things. Um, a lot of pain behind the eyes, uh, a lot of sinus congestion, really kind of felt like a sinus infection to them. Now for me, that's really all that I've dealt with so far, is it feels like, if I were to put this on a scale of one to 10, I've had a lot of sinus infections. So growing up, I had a lot of seasonal allergies. I had chronic bronchitis, chronic sinus infections. I was on antibiotics all the time. So I've had like all these crazy different sinus issues. I got to the point where, especially being a singer, where I sang my whole life for a living. So every time I had a sinus infection, I had to sing anyway. It's just the way life goes when that's how you put food on the table. So I would do steroidal, I've done steroidal injections. I've done taken actual steroids. I've done uh, steroidal nasal sprays and things like this to get me through singing. But I got to a point where I knew when I was going to get a sinus infection. I'd just be like, ooh, this little tickle, this little thing I got, okay, crap, I'm gonna have a sinus infection like tomorrow. And I knew it, and I'd start doing sinus washes and all this stuff. That's exactly what I've done with COVID. So I've been doing some sinus washes, I actually used some iodine, used some colloidal silver, some saline washes. Um, but the only, the, the most annoying symptom that I have is pressure behind my eyes. That's it. There's sinus pressure behind my eyes. I sound congested. And every now and then I'll kind of just like snort and spit. I don't have any coughing, no respiratory stuff going on. Um, and at night, I tend to wake up really hot. So I'll be really, really hot and sweaty. And even with, you guys know I have an eight sleep bed, like my bed's a computer, right? So it's running cold water through the mattress and I'll still wake up and the mattress will feel really cold, but I feel really hot and I kick the covers off or I change the temperature on the pod. And then 30 minutes later I wake up and I'm hot again or I'm cold again or whatever. So it's been this kind of weird chills and night sweats type situation. That's been really uncomfortable, but None of this is really bad to me. Like if I didn't know there were a global pandemic called COVID, I would say I have a cold or seasonal allergies. I don't know which one I would consider this. I would put it some on, the, on a scale of one to 10 for sinus infections, this would be like a three, really. So I would probably put what I'm experiencing somewhere between if we have a common cold, just like a common cold and a full-blown sinus infection, I'm somewhere in the middle of that. And the reason why I decided that I wanna share this with you guys is like we talked about on the episode that I did about the CDC data this past Wednesday, I don't think we have much to be afraid of here. I really don't. Now, people will say I'm speaking from a place of privilege, which drives me crazy because they're saying that because I'm in good metabolic health as if that's somehow not my doing. That's luck of the draw, right? But if you're in good metabolic health, like me, I do blood work every three months, right? I have very little fear of this thing. I think my, my immune system is gonna do what it's supposed to do. It's gonna knock it out. I, I may deal with this for a couple of, I don't know, a couple of days or a couple of weeks or whatever. I don't know what it will be. The biggest annoyance to me is that I chatted with Wild Health about this and I do a lot of things daily. The Carol bike, I work out every day. I use the sauna every day. I do cold showers every day. Almost all of that we've put a stop to. So they don't want me doing anything that causes inflammation. So I still have um, on Monday and Wednesday, I did my normal really heavy, really intense calisthenics resistance training workout program by Dr. Wes Hendricks. So I've done the Carol bike three times this past week. I've done my normal workouts, got through them just fine. My resistance training workouts are about an hour and 10 minutes and it's pretty much nonstop. So I'm doing really significant resistance training for an hour and 10 minutes straight. I had the energy to do that fine on Wednesday, no problem. Now Thursday, I woke up after that heavy workout with my aura ring saying like, don't do anything. I had like a 50 readiness score, which is terrible for the aura ring. I didn't sleep that well. Um, and then I had my call with Wild Health on Thursday explaining the potential COVID situation. And based on the symptoms I was sharing with them, they're like, yeah, we're pretty sure you're gonna test positive. Go ahead and get a test done. Um, but just treat yourself like you're positive. So I did. And uh, Friday, I did a 45 minute Carol bike ride. I didn't do the intense workout. I just put it on a free ride. I kept my heart rate right around 118, which is zone two aerobic threshold training uh, for me and my age, my metabolic health and all these things. Right at, somewhere between 110 and 128 is considered like zone two aerobic training for me. And I did that for 45 minutes on Friday and was totally fine. 
Um, the one thing, I've gotten rid of cold showers, I've gotten rid of heavy resistance training, so I'm not doing the calisthenics workouts. I'll, if I do any training, it'll just be aerobic threshold training. This morning I went for a long walk outside just to get some sunshine, I'm getting sunshine every day. Um, I'm still doing the sauna, but I've taken the temperature of the sauna down significantly. So I'm keeping the sauna at about 128 degrees. I'm not, I'm not letting the sauna get up to like 158 where I would normally keep it at. And I'm spending about 15 minutes in the sauna. So I like the sauna. Um, in terms of supplementation, I'm doing uh, mega doses basically of vitamin D. I'm choosing to do, uh, what am I doing right now? 20,000 IU of vitamin D every day. And then I'm doing 30 milligrams of zinc plus copper has two milligrams of copper per serving. So vitamin D, I'm mega dosing. Zinc, I'm mega dosing, but many times throughout the day. You can only absorb about 30 milligrams of zinc uh, per meal, we would call it, but I'm taking it as a supplement. So maybe three times a day, I'm doing that 30 milligrams of zinc. I just had a great talk with uh, my buddy, Matt Smith, the founder of Paleo Valley. You guys know I love Paleo Valley. So he's sending me like a boatload of their vitamin C on, on rapid delivery because uh, I have some of their vitamin C left. You guys know that Paleo Valley is my favorite supplements period. I'm taking their turmeric complex right now. I'm taking their organ complex and he's going to send me a boatload of essential vitamin C. So per Dr. Anthony J's recommendation, he said, once you test positive and you know you have it, he wants to see me taking about 500 milligrams of vitamin C every waking hour for two days straight. So um, kind of a bummer. I have to wait. I might go, I might just go get some synthetic vitamin C uh, in the meantime and take that. Actually, I think I have some synthetic vitamin C. So I'll probably do that now that I know I'm positive. I just tested positive today. I had the test um, done yesterday. So let me see some of these comments. Let me see. We were told rapid tests was only 70% conclusive. Yeah, I, I told their, I was told directly by the nurses at Vanderbilt. I went to Vanderbilt because they have in-house testing, which meant I got the turnaround a lot faster. I didn't have to wait days for it. And they, Vanderbilt University won't even order the rapid test. They don't believe in the accuracy of them. So they, they don't even purchase them ever. They're like, we're never going to offer them until they're cleared by the FDA, I guess. Michelle, everyone will get it. It's just a matter of how bad. Yes, exactly. I am a herd immunity believer, everybody. 100%. I think the lockdown shouldn't have happened. Um, I thought the lockdown shouldn't have happened from the beginning. That's just the way that, that I felt about it. Um, even though I was a part of it, I went. I, I heard the news of the lockdown really quickly. I went and made sure my family had meat and groceries and all those things. Um, I understood it in the beginning for the first 14 days and all that stuff. It's madness at this point. Just look at Switzerland, Sweden, all these places that have done a much better job with this. Um, I really think that at some point we just have to reopen. We're going to reopen and everyone's going to get exposed to it and everyone's going to get it. And, um, you know, it's really funny too, because Rob Wolf, I'm going to put together a page for you guys of some, some studies and stuff that I've been looking into. Rob Wolf shared a study talking about the lasting effects. Everyone says this isn't like a common cold or a common flu because there are these lasting effects. There are lasting respiratory issues or people having issues with their lungs or cardiac issues long-term. This is not new. This happens with the flu. This happens with the common cold. It's happened with every single coronavirus we've ever had. There have been lasting symptoms and lasting lingering issues, even after somebody's uh, recovered from the illness. I don't know why we keep calling this thing so um, novel, right? Like none of this has ever happened before. None of this has ever happened before. It's like, come on, what are we talking about here? It's not, it's really not that different. It's not. And like I told you guys about like 70 to 85% of deaths from coronavirus have been in people over the age of 65. The same is true of the normal just flu, the, actual, the, the standard seasonal flu. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we need to open up 100%. I, I think we need to open up completely and just let this thing roll through. And another article that I would really like to share with you guys. So that one talks about lasting impact of coronavirus um, happening with all sorts of other colds and flus, right? The other thing is Rob shared an amazing article that was talking about how 50 years ago in America or globally, this would not have been a pandemic. It wouldn't have been. Look back to um, 1969, right? There was a, I think, uh, I can't remember what the, there was some kind of flu-like pandemic. I can't remember what it was called. I don't know if it was considered H1N1 or a swine flu or whatever it was considered, but there was a massive pandemic of a virus that came from out east, right? And kind of wiped through the whole globe. And it was something like, like 80,000 deaths or something like that in the United States. And what did, what did America do? Well, they had Woodstock and countless thousands of people got together and sang and danced and made out and did drugs together and they didn't give a shit, right? So that's the thing though. And, and I, I've done this in, in podcasts past where I tell people, go look at footage of the crowd from Woodstock. If you look at the crowd from Woodstock, you will be hard pressed to find one single overweight individual, let alone an obese individual. You're not gonna find it. Then Google a concert crowd from a Beyonce concert in 2019, or a Luke Bryan concert in 2019. And virtually every single person in the crowd will be significantly overweight, if not obese. Virtually all of them, right? 
So we have to think about this. There, this great article I'll get a, a good link for, it and I'll share in the Clovis Academy of just this idea that 50 years ago this wouldn't have been a pandemic because the metabolic health would have been enough to deal with it. It's like, yeah, I got a cold. Like, I feel like I have a cold. I probably sound a little bit nasally to you. I'm going to do a sinus wash a couple times a day. I'm going to take some vitamin C. I'm going to take some vitamin D. I'm going to walk out in the sun. I'm going to use my sauna a little bit. And uh, what's the big deal, right? Now, that seems like a heartless thing to say. And I said this in the podcast, and I wouldn't be surprised if I catch some flack for it. But I said, you know, when I see lines of cars, three lanes deep, lines of cars lined up to get their Chick-fil-A fried chicken sandwiches and their French fries and their milkshakes and their giant Slurpees of Coca-Cola, um, that's called natural selection, everybody. I don't know how else we, we say it at this point. I, I don't know what else to call it. If you don't understand that your metabolic health is the single most important aspect of your life, period, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Not to mention that like, if you look at all the scientific literature like, and all the studies and all, basically all the literature that we have of dying early from anything, the number one factor is loneliness. That's a real thing. Look that up. Like, the number one cause of premature death is loneliness. And we're like, all right, so now I know I'm on a 10-day quarantine. It's Labor Day weekend. I can't go see my family. I can't go see my friends. I can't go to the lake house, whatever. Like, I'm just locked up. Thank God I have you guys. I can talk to you guys. I got friends. We have FaceTime. We have Zoom. We have all these things we can do now. But this is really sick. This is a sick way to handle a pandemic. It really is. I mean, quarantine is, is making sick people stay home. Quarantine is not locking down healthy. That's, that's not. That, that's, it's insane. It, it never has worked that way, ever. So it's, it's this astonishing th thing that we're living through. It's really quite interesting. Um, anyway, let's see what we got here. Yes, we do have so much control of our metabolic health. Not so much control, all of the control. All of it. All of what? You know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't understand how this isn't getting talked about. And that's that's the real tricky part too, is there's so many people that are talking about masks. And you know, um, I just had a, a phone call, believe it or not, with Aubrey Marcus. So I was on the phone with Aubrey at 12.15 today. And Aubrey was saying that, you know, he'll post a picture on his Instagram of him hugging somebody and somebody will comment hashtag super spreader. And they call him a super spreader. How dare you not wear a mask? You're metabolically healthy. What a piece of shit you are for going out and living your life and, you know, having community and hugging people and loving people. How dare you when there are sick people out there with type two diabetes and autoimmune conditions and hypertension and all these things. How dare you go out and about? Make those people stay home. I'm sorry, right? That's crazy. That's a crazy way to live. And you start judging people because they're going out because they're, they're healthy. You know, if you can go out to Chick-fil-A and buy fried chicken and French fries and a big gulp of soda, I should get to go out and, and go on the pontoon with my dad. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's mental, everybody. We really live in, in weird, weird times. Organ complex and essential vitamin C from Paleo Valley, the best. Absolutely. I had all those symptoms last November, even loss of taste, but who knows? Yeah, a lot of people are saying that last... Um, Last November, December, that whole time frame, I've heard from a lot of people that are saying the same thing, that have had those same similar symptoms, night sweats, lost their smell, lost their taste, all these kinds of things. It's really interesting. So you're saying we should use psychedelics to cure corona. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm going to eat 20 grams of mushrooms, and I'm going to see what happens. <laughs> what else we got? Michelle. Yes, we need to open. Our kids need to go to school. We are sacrificing a generation or two to save one. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, you have to understand at this point, I, I really do feel this. I don't want to go too far down conspiracy theory lane. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, generally speaking. Um, if you still think this is about a virus, yeah, you got bigger problems on your hands than the virus. Like If you still think that the, econ the, the economics at play right now, the, the global economy, what is happening, what's happening behind the scenes with cryptocurrency, what's happening behind the scenes with a patent to vote on the blockchain, bet you didn't know that shit, everybody. Huh? You know, what's Justin talking about here? Oh my God, mail-in ballots? Come on. Literally, at the behest of Trump, the USPS has filed for a patent up for voting on the blockchain, and nobody talks about it. This isn't in mainstream media. No one's talking about it. Go look it up. USPS files blockchain patent. See what happens. It's a patent for a voting system on blockchain, right? Cryptocurrency, like literally FedNow just announced their own, this new payment system called FedNow for instant payments all around the globe in any currency. How do you think they're gonna do that, ladies and gentlemen? What's the bridge between currencies? Cryptocurrency. All this shit's happening behind the scenes. Gold and silver through the roof. The stock market's now crashing. Even tech stocks are crashing. While all these big tech companies have actually made billions of dollars on this thing. So when you really start to connect the dots, if you still think this is about a virus, you got to have your head examined. I'm sorry. The virus exists, right? I'm not saying the virus doesn't exist. I have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm living with it. 
But this fear mongering that we have is absolute madness. And I mean, some people commented when I shared that I had COVID, some people commented just like, oh, you're going to do fine. You're going to pull through this. And other people are like, oh my God, please tell me that you're testing negative. And those people that are saying, oh my God, they're terrified of this thing. Those are mainstream media news consumers. That's what it is. If you're watching mainstream news, you're going to be very afraid of this virus. They, they try to make it very, very scary. CNN literally put out a piece of news, we'll call it, that said, you should wear masks while having sex and avoid kissing people on the mouth to stop the spread of COVID. Uh, what? A, a major media outlet said you should wear a mask while having sex. Uh, what? There are 17 randomized control trials, ladies and gentlemen, 17 randomized control trials showing what masks do not do in the prevention of spread of anything whatsoever, let alone a virus. People love to talk about droplets and bacteria. We're talking about viruses, everybody. It's exponentially smaller. So it's it, all I'm saying is if you think this is still about a virus, you gotta be out of your mind. It's nuts. And then it, it's, it's hilarious too, because I have a lot of friends. You'll love this, right? And, and if my friends are listening, hey, you're still my friends. I love you, but this was fucking ridiculous, right? Let's talk about this. I have a lot of left-wing liberal friends um, that are very, very anti-Trump, anti-everything, like only mainstream, only Fauci, only CDC, only FDA. You must wear a mask. Everyone must wear a mask at all times. You should wear a mask in your shower. You should wear a mask while you're on a Zoom call, you know, just to show that I'm pro-mask. You should do this. And now a boatload of those friends are taking pictures from Burning Man, where they're with thousands of people without masks on running around Burning Man, sharing drugs and dance parties and whatever, doing whatever they want. Hey, I got no problem with you being at Burning Man. I love that you're at Burning Man. I wish that I was at Burning Man, but that's an asshole move, right? To shame everyone for the last six months about not wearing a mask and now posting your fun pictures and your sexy little bikini outfits from Burning Man. Look at me, I'm such an enlightened individual. Hey, that's a go fuck yourself move right there. And again, you're my friends, I love you. All my Burning Man friends right now, I love you, but I'm, a bit prouder of the Burning Man friends who haven't been wearing masks for six months and then went to Burning Man, not the ones that pulled this hypocritical bullshit, right? That's important, everybody. We gotta point out hypocrisy, we really do. And I will point out hypocrisy in my friends and family as much as I need to. I'll point out hypocrisy in myself if I see it, and I hope that you would point out hypocrisy in me. My messaging on COVID is not going to change now that I have COVID. Metabolic health. Guys, the first week of the pandemic, I created a, a combating coronavirus ebook and literally just talked about lifestyle interventions environmental hormesis, getting out in nature, getting some sunshine, daily exercise, daily activity, focusing on a species appropriate diet. Nutrition is everything for battling COVID. Then still the number one risk factor of death from COVID is obesity. That's the number one risk factor. It's not hypertension. It's not autoimmune conditions. It's not diabetes type two or type one. The number one risk factor of death from COVID is obesity. That's it, ladies and gentlemen, obesity. This is 30 pounds or more overweight. There are, there are 31 people right now in this, uh, this live, viewing me live right now, there's 31 of you. And according to data, somewhere between 30 to 40% of you are obese. 30 pounds or more overweight. That's the single biggest risk factor for dying from COVID, right? So what are we doing? Nobody's talking about this. It's just wear a mask and people shaming. Let me see here. Psychedelics, Lisa, the fallout is far worse than the virus. It certainly will be. Yeah, that's that's basically uh, irrefutable. And what's interesting too, I, I talked to you guys on the CDC episode about the excess death rate. So they took the data from March 1st to end of May, 2020, compared it to previous years. Uh, and we have an excess death rate of 122,000 people, which is staggering because cars aren't driving around. Um, homicide was actually way down in the beginning of this thing. So transportation accidents, a lot, lot, lot less accidental deaths are happening. So you would think that the excess death rate would actually go down. But the excess death rate has gone up by 122,000 deaths during that period of time, but less than 30% of those are COVID deaths. So over 70% of that 122,000 excess deaths are happening from some other reason that's not COVID, which means we're either drastically undercounting COVID deaths and all of those were COVID deaths, or these are other deaths resulting in some way, shape or form from the economic lockdown. So that's over 85,000 deaths that could potentially, I can't say for sure, we don't know anything with these statistics, but that's over 85,000 deaths that we can say potentially are due to the fallout of what we have chosen to do as a society. And this is why I tell you guys and I break people's brains by saying it doesn't matter if the virus exists. Does the virus exist? I think so. Does it matter? Nope. The reality doesn't change. The world is still going to operate as if there is a global pandemic and we already have operated as if there is a global pandemic, right? 
So it doesn't change anything. If it comes out today, if one hour from now there's a press conference held and it says definitively we can prove that this virus doesn't actually exist, this whole thing has been a hoax, it's all made up, what does it change? Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. 40 million plus businesses closed, millions of people lost their jobs, millions of people lost their savings. You have no idea what's going to happen. The foreclosure market's going to be out of this world 14 to 18 months from now. The foreclosures we see on homes are going to be staggering. Uh, the U.S. dollar has tanked in value. I mean, all of these things actually happened. If it came out today that this was a hoax, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change any of that reality. And this is why I want people to use their critical thinking caps and understand how things actually work. Us humans, we paint reality, right? You can make your kid believe in Santa Claus even if Santa Claus doesn't exist. You paint their reality. The news media, unfortunately, paints our reality in this country, and that's staggeringly dangerous. Um, guys, I have a lot of friends, digital nomad friends and stuff that are out bouncing around the world in Thailand and Southeast Asia and certain parts of Europe and South America, and they're all fine and dandy, and they're doing whatever they want. They don't even, they exist like, like there is no global pandemic. They don't even, they're just living their life, you know, because they don't have that 24-7 American news media where everything is this politicized. What else we got? People are fun, shaming, people are fun shaming, nuts, yes. Yes, and yes, and yes. Australian chef Peter Evans gets abused by local media because he promotes the same life choices that you do and says exactly the same thing. Of course he gets abused by local media. He gets abused by local media because he's taking money out of the pockets of big food and the politicians who are run by big food. Their campaigns are funded by big food and big pharmaceutical companies, of course. And let's not even talk about what's going on in Australia right now. Australia, nuts. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but people in Australia are literally being arrested just for posting on Facebook that they want to organize events um, to protest the lockdown. They say, we want to organize a peaceful protest for the lockdown. We're gonna do it this, this, and this date. You can look this up right now. There are police officers going into their homes with search warrants, taking all of their devices, taking their laptops, taking their cell phones, everything, and um, taking them out of their homes in handcuffs in front of their kids for Facebook posts. It's some V for Vendetta shit, everybody. This is real, all right? Um, I don't know what that's gonna look like in America. I don't think we're gonna to get to that point in America. Honestly, I just don't. I think there are too many uh, very powerful, what I will call underground patriots in this world. Uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy, and I know some of them. So it's a, it's not like we're not like Australia. We're, we're just not, right? Um, but it does make you think about things like, you know, God, let's go down the rabbit hole, get into the gun, gun control debate, right? Those Australians can't protect themselves from the government doing anything that they want. They just can't because the gun laws have been the way that they are for a very long time. What else we got here? The masks I had to buy for school say right in the package they do nothing for COVID. Yeah, of course. Well, and on all the, if you guys want to look up, uh, look up Sean Stevenson. Sean Stevenson has the Model Health uh, podcast. I'm going to try to get him on my podcast. Um, but Sean Stevenson has a video on the efficacy of masks and he goes through all those 17 randomized control trials. It'll take you about 45 minutes just to watch that video. Um, but you'll understand by the end, you certainly will. This, this is not a debate. It's not a debate. This is not refutable. Right? It's, it's pretty cut and dry, irrefutable. Uh, what we're doing in America is the most anti-scientific shit I've ever seen, ever. Um, what else we got? I had all those symptoms after a trip to Vegas in January. Yeah, a lot of people did. Um, whoa, with Santa kids around, luckily my kids weren't paying attention. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Megan, are you scared? You are scared. Sweet. Stay home. You're scared. Awesome. Love your life. Oh, yeah, yeah. For other people. I see what you're saying, right? Um, that's really confusing. Wait. All right, I'm not, I'm not, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, if you're scared, stay home, right? Uh, or if you're at high risk, stay home. But here's the tricky thing, everybody. Here, here's the big problem that I, that I, that I really want to point out here is you can change someone's metabolic health in days, in a matter of days. Like I can change your fasted glucose levels. I can change your fasted insulin levels. I can change your gut microbiome. I can change your gut microbiome in 48 hours. I can change your fasted insulin and glucose levels uh, inside of seven days. I can change your metabolic health significantly inside of six weeks. Um, six weeks is plenty of time to shift somebody basically into a fat adapted state. Six weeks is plenty of time in most cases to get people completely off their diabetes medication. Now, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice. I'm not saying get off your diabetes medication. I'm saying that I have personally uh, been involved in situations where people get completely off of their diabetic um, medicine, off their diabetes medications, right? Not a, certainly not true of type 1 diabetics in adulthood. That can happen in type 1 diabetics in children. Don't let anybody tell you that, that, that what I just said is inaccurate. Um, you can absolutely get children off of insulin for type 1 diabetes when they're children. And who, if any doctor has told you otherwise, they lied to you and, and are not familiar with the research. But anyway, um, yeah, type 2 diabetes is a, is a great example of something that inside of six to eight weeks, you can completely, completely get people off of medications. It's um, pretty unbelievable, right? Check this out from Michelle. My mom changed her blood work in two weeks on Clovis um, from out of work due to low white blood cell count to allowed to work. There you go. 
two weeks, two weeks. So instead, if we had just done, why don't they just take guys like me, guys like, take bigger guys than me, Ben Greenfield, Rob Wolf, uh, Sean Stevenson, Aubrey Marcus, um, Tim Ferriss, these people that, that constantly talk about metabolic health, why not put them on TV instead of Fauci? Why? And just make a campaign of like, here's what we're gonna do. As a country, let's get all of the junk food out of our cabinets. As a country, let's not reopen fast food restaurants while closing restaurants, like normal restaurants. It's like, it's so maddening what we did. And then not to mention, you guys know in, in this country, like the number one purchase uh, year out, year over year for food stamps is sugary soda. We spend about $24 billion a year or something like that. Uh, no, I think maybe it's like $8 billion, I can't remember. But it's some number of billions of billions of billions of dollars that our tax dollars go to just because soda is the number one um, purchase on food stamps, right? Because we don't teach people about nutrition. We don't. We teach the food pyramid in schools. There's soda machines in schools. There's Skittle machines and vending machines in schools everywhere. What do we expect, everybody? I, I, I don't know what else to do at this point. This is the most cut and dry, clear cut, evidence-based, like, oh my God, metabolic health is everything. And I've shared this with you guys before too, that we're 12 years away from 100% of America's GDP being spent caring for the sick. We spend $324 billion a year just on treatment of type two diabetes, which I just told you that you can reverse inside of six to eight weeks. Why do we need to spend $324 billion a year on something that's completely preventable and reversible? That seems strange, right? Money, 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 everybody. Money. Maya, how do you think you got the virus and how are you feeling? Um, yeah, so this is probably a long video. I gave my symptoms and stuff in the beginning. Um, feels like somewhere between a common cold and a mild sinus infection. Really not a big deal. Um, I know exactly where I got it from. I got it from uh, an individual that tested positive that I spent a lot of time around. So that's it. What else we got here? Dr. Fauci and Surgeon General Jerome Adams so emphatically dismissed the effectiveness of masks, then flipped 180 degrees to the point where they shame people who don't wear them. We learn more about the virus every day, but the microbiology of the particles hasn't changed, and the premise that non-trained, non-professional masks worn by non-trained professionals run the risk of blah, blah, blah. so long. Yeah, uh, yeah, understand. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I would take Rob Wolf over any day, Fauci. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what's hilarious too. Is um, you know, the I can't remember the name of the board, but there's some kind of like um board of health health directors or something like that in America. They're all obese. They're all old obese people. It's hilarious. I don't know, crazy. Melinda, why? Because then everybody would have to be responsible for their health, not just take pills and live like the world's ending tomorrow. Yeah, 100%, it's crazy, right? Um, personal responsibility. The problem that we have is we're all little children in grown-up bodies. That's the issue. And what has been exposed here is that the entire world is run by little children in grown-up bodies. Uh, but most of us were very well-behaved little children in little children bodies when the one dictator was standing in the front of the room doing roll call. Justin Nault, are you here? Homeroom, yes, okay. Are you talking? You get detention. Mm. And you wanna look around to the other 30 kids in the room and be like, I think, I think we could take this bitch. I think, I don't know, there's 30 of us. I don't know, really? She just gave me detention. Did you guys hear that? She gave me detention. There's, there's 30 of us. I don't know, we're little kids and stuff, but there's still 30 of us, right? Crazy. We're trained. We're trained to be little, tiny, well-behaved little soldiers, and that's it. We don't question anything. And that's what's something, like, all these quarantines, right? When you're in a, in, in a classroom or something like that, or you, in a quarantine, when you move state to state, right? I wanted to go to Rhode Island. They're like, you have to have a 14-day quarantine period. Who's going to follow me around? Who's, who's enforcing this? What do you mean? I have a 14 day court, that's funny. You're gonna send an army after me? You're gonna give people rental cars and they're gonna follow me around while I drive through Rhode Island? No, I don't think so. No one's enforcing these things. They make these things happen by fear. People are in their houses right now out of fear. They think they're gonna get in trouble. It's like getting detention. If you guys can't see how this pieces together and there's so many people just like devastated about their kids being out of school, I'm like, good. I would never want my kid to be in some kind of school system like that. I know people want their kids to go back to school and be socialized and all these things, but the system that we have built is what led to this. The current education system is the reason why we have this. It's the reason we have all the divisiveness on social media. It's the reason why we're grown-ups and can't seem to handle social media platforms without behaving ourselves and bickering like little children, right? It's because of the system that we grew up in. That's it, straight up. I take 125 micrograms vitamin D3 a day and 50 milligrams chelated zinc per day. Is that enough or too much? Well, the big thing you have to keep in mind is, um, I mean, first do the calculation between micrograms and IU. So I'm taking 20,000 IU of vitamin D right now. I think everybody should be taking about 5,000 IU of vitamin D3. Um, I prefer you get vitamin D3 plus K2. 
and preventatively, I would say 5,000 IU per day is fine. I still want people to go outside and get sunshine. Supplementing vitamin D is not the same as going in the sun. It is not. It's a completely different form of vitamin D, completely different, not the same thing. Don't think a supplement replaces getting in the sun. Get out in the sun, direct sunshine on your skin. When I'm not standing here, I'm sitting out on my back porch where the sun comes in through my screened in porch, it's wonderful. So I'm going for walks every day. Um, I am taking about 90 milligrams of zinc right now, but again, I'm also, I'm COVID positive and don't take more than 30 milligrams at a time. If you take more than 30 grams of, of zinc every couple of hours, let's say every few hours, um, just treat it like a meal. Take it, you wanna take zinc with meals as well. Zinc with meals because you can get some stomach upset, upset but I would take about 30, gram, 30 milligrams of zinc per meal is like the max you can do. Um, I think preventatively 30 milligrams of zinc per day is probably plenty. If you're taking 50 milligrams of zinc, that's fine too, but you want it separated out. If you're taking 50 milligrams in one dose, you're not gonna absorb all of that, that zinc. Um, what I use for zinc is Jaro, uh, J-A-R-R-O, Jaro zinc because uh, the, uh, Zaro, you get it, I did a typo, but the Jaro zinc is, um, also has copper in it. I think it has two milligrams or one milligram of copper. Copper. It's like a 15 to one ratio of zinc to copper. I really like that. I like you taking copper um, at the same time as zinc. I also have, um, here. All right, I'm sharing a link there, imclobus.com. Let me make sure that that works properly. Yep, okay. So imclobus.com slash coronavirus. You can download my Combating Coronavirus ebook, which has all the brands and everything that I recommend. Um, and I wrote that back in March. So, and it still stands to this day. Um, I, that, those are all the things that I'm doing. I actually love uh, Ojai CBD. That's great. Um, so I would go ahead and click on that link right there. Go to imclobus.com slash coronavirus. Download that ebook and just do everything that's in that ebook. So. Um, yeah, Melissa, go check that out. Download that ebook and it has all the exact brands I recommend. Um, like I said, vitamin C I think is very, very important, particularly now that I've tested positive. Um, so can't wait to get my hands on the Paleo Valley vitamin C. I love their vitamin C, it's incredible. Um, Justin, can I ask about children, three years old, what's the best way to keep them safe? I wouldn't be worried at all. Um, how do you keep them safe from the flu? How do you keep them safe from a common cold? That's it. I don't think any additional measures need to be taken. Um, I really don't think any additional measures need to be taken for anybody. Um, that's kind of the point of this whole thing that I'm saying is like, uh, particularly if you're not dealing with some kind of significant autoimmune disease. I mean, if you already have an autoimmune disease, I'm not saying like you should just go outside with no mask and go see your friends and family. If you're 300 pounds and type two diabetic, like you should probably wear a mask if you leave the house, even if they're proven not to be effective. I don't know if it gives you a 1% chance, then, then you should probably be doing that. I'm saying it shouldn't be a legal mandate, right? But if you have type two diabetes or something like that and you're 300 pounds and you're overweight, you're probably gonna wanna stay home as much as you can until we can get your metabolic health where it needs to be and you can be safe to go out. But I promise you, any cold or flu, strep throat, bacterial infection, sinus infection that you get as a type two diabetic, it's gonna suck worse for you whether it's COVID or not. COVID may have a higher risk of killing you than some of these other ones, maybe, we don't really know, the data's unclear. Um, but just in general, generally speaking, Right? Why would you not want to improve that situation? If you are a type two diabetic, if you're 300 pounds, you're 100 pounds overweight, why would you not want to fix this? Does it take a global pandemic for us to get people to wake up? And here's the thing, we have the global pandemic and people still aren't waking up. Junk food sales through the roof, alcohol sales through the roof, this is madness. But anyway, uh, before I duck off here, so yeah, in terms of children, I'm, I'm not concerned for children at all. I'm just, I'm just not, and the data shows, I mean, children are not dying of this thing. Um, they're probably, they'll probably beat it really quick if, if they even get it. They're talking about them being asymptomatic carriers and all this. That's probably true to some extent, um, but I wouldn't be doing anything above and beyond. Like that combating coronavirus ebook, that's just, that's it, that's it. Eat a species appropriate diet, get outside, get some daily exercise, take some supplements if you want to. I, put, I did a five, five step plan to combating coronavirus and the fifth step is supplements. The original four are just lifestyle interventions. That's it, it's really not a big deal. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with you guys on this. I'll keep doing these live updates. I'll tell you how I feel. Um, here's one thing I wanna talk about from a psychological perspective. I am a meathead. I'm a bit of a masochist. I punish myself endlessly. You guys know this if you've ever talked, listened to the Clovis podcast, if you've listened to the Just Justin Pendulum Swing episode, I beat the shit out of myself. I really do. I train all the time. I'm meticulous about my food. I'm meticulous about my sleep. I just like can be very robotic in ways. Um, what's killing me right now is I'm not allowed to train. So I'm kind of 
throwing myself out there to you guys as a bit of accountability partners. Um, I really need to not train, but there is an amazing gym in my house. It's a full-blown powerlifting gym. I have climbing ropes, I have heavy bags, I have dumbbells, 450 pounds of plates, barbells, squat racks, pull-up bars, jujitsu mats, a, a carol bike, an artificial intelligence carol bike, my infrared sauna. It kills me to not be able to train right now. All I want to do is go out there and train, but I can't because that raises inflammation levels in the body. So I have to keep inflammation levels low. You guys may have heard about this, the cytokine storm. The cytokine storm is really what they were attributing with killing people in the beginning because these people who have autoimmune conditions, they have overreactive immune systems as it is. The body's constantly attacking itself. Now you introduce something like a virus, that immune response goes nuts, and now you have this inflammatory cytokine storm that can kill somebody. Now that's not gonna happen with me, um, but I shouldn't be out there doing gymnastics rings and pull-ups and push-ups to failures and hitting the heavy bag and deadlifting 400 pounds like I like to do. So kind of accountability coach here, Clovis, check in with me every day and be like, yo, are you working out? Stop that shit, you know? But I can do some zone two aerobic training. So I've been, like I said, I've been doing long, calm rides on the carol bike just with very little resistance get some headphones on listen to an audible book a podcast or whatever go for walks out in the sunshine i'm sitting out here in the sun in the back deck taking my supplements eating really really healthy all those things just nutrient density i defrosted a bunch of liver today I'm gonna be taking in a bunch of liver for the micronutrients found in the beef liver um so you guys know it doesn't change things a lot for me but but that's where i really have to be careful is i i will beat myself up because if i didn't know covid were a thing i would 100 work out every day through this i'd be like i'm gonna sweat it out and I would go train, and I'd train balls to the wall, and I'd be doing the, the high-intensity cardio on the carol bike, I'd be doing my gymnastics rings, all my, my hour and 10 minute long resistance training sessions, I'd be doing those for sure, for sure. There's no chance I wouldn't be doing that. I'd be taking my cold showers, be taking super hot infrared sauna, be doing all that. I wanna do all that right now, but I have to understand that I just gotta kinda lay around. Like I watched a movie last night, I was like, what the hell is this? This is weird, I'm just laying around watching a movie, I'm not used to this stuff, you know? So trying to just really be calm, go inward, introspective, reflective, I've been journaling, writing about this experience, talking to some friends about it who want to learn about it or whatever, um, talking to some other friends who have already had coronavirus, talking through my family, and the one real frustrating thing is holy shit is it next to impossible to get your hands on hydroxychloroquine right now, and that's nuts. I mean, I'm a full grown adult, um, I probably know more about my body than most doctors, and I'm not allowed to get hydroxychloroquine, like I can't take, it's over the counter in most countries. It's just, you can walk into a store and buy it like it's Tylenol. How come I can buy Tylenol, but I can't buy hydroxychloroquine just because Trump liked it? This is how crazy the political end of things are getting, everybody. I'm gonna book a one-way ticket. I'll book, I'll book a one-way refundable ticket to Africa, and I'll call a travel doctor and be like, hey, I gotta go to, to Africa, so you should give me some hydroxychloroquine so I don't get malaria. You know, that's, that's what's kind of crazy. That's what's really upsetting is like the lack of freedom in this thing is, is really, really jarring. It's, it's a bit upsetting, um, but anyway. I think that's about it for now, guys. Let me see what I got here for some comments. I agree 100%. Thank you. I'm going to show your video to some mothers I know. Absolutely. Because there's no money, fear, and control there. Yoga, bro. Yeah, I can do some yoga. Um, I just got to keep uh, I gotta keep inflammation way down because that's the other thing. Is I can do like some slow recovery yoga or something like that. Yeah, mobility. They said I can do some mobility, do some stretching. I can do the um, real slow, uh, really low heart rate rides in the carol bike, whatever. So I just gotta stop myself from wanting to be a meathead because I just wanna be a meathead. Plus I'm getting bored. I'm just like, oh man, now I really gotta, I mean, I've been locked down for, we've been locked down for months and months and months and months, right? It's just at some point you're just like, oh shit, get me out of this house, you know? So anyway, that's it. I'll be down for probably about a week or so, a week to 10 days, I'll take it easy. And that's the way Wild Health explained it to me. They were just like, dude, think about it this way. You're resting so you can train for the next 50 years of your life. Not, uh, you don't need to train the next week of not doing resistance training is not gonna make you fat or anything like my brain does. You guys know I have terrible body dysmorphia. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't work out for a week. I'm gonna get fat. My brain still does that, everybody. Me still being the Clovis guy and still putting these podcasts out and telling you all these things. I still have these issues, all right? I really do. I have mental issues, issues with physique, body dysmorphia, the way I eat, all these things. I still worry about all this shit. I, you don't get to be as obsessed with nutrition as I am without having some of those issues. I'm sorry, you just don't. Right? And the top level people that I've ever talked to in the world of health and wellness, they all have the same shit. It's crazy. Um, Aubrey and I talked about that today. Literally, we were talking about imposter syndrome and how crazy it is. Uh, we were talking about that in regards to the podcast, number of podcast downloads and how we get cut off and caught up in these things. But anyway, yeah, so I still have all these same issues, all these same issues that you guys do. I probably have them, right? So that's it. I got to keep myself from working out. I got to stay sane. If you guys have any movie recommendations, let me know. I'd love to watch some movies or something, I guess. I'm going to be the person that does that. I'm gonna lay on the couch and watch some movies or something. 
But anyway, uh, I love you guys. What else we got? Stay down and healthy. Maya, that's so wrong. You should be able to get hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, 100%. Um, I do have... This is where you got to be careful on Facebook. Um, I can get hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. I mean, I, I can get... I can get it. <laughs> For sure. Let's be clear about that. Like, I can get it. Um, I can't get it through the means I'm supposed to get it. That's what's really frustrating about it. That's frustrating, right? It's like, everybody can get mushrooms if they want to get mushrooms. Trust me. You know? So it's just this kind of crazy shit. But anyway... 49th Mystic. That's a book, isn't it? Actually, from movies. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, that's it. Good luck, dude. Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate it. That's it for this update. I'll keep you guys posted. Um, but really, if 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 nothing else, I just want you guys to understand that this is not as scary as as the media is making it out to be. It just isn't. I went through all the death rate data and all that stuff on the last podcast about the CDC. I know that people are skewing things. The right side of the political spectrum is skewing data. The left side of the political spectrum is skewing data. Everybody is. It's hard to understand what the hell is going on here, but I do not think this thing is nearly as scary as we've been told to believe it. We've been led to believe that it is. Um, unless you're dealing with significant health issues. And if you're dealing with significant health issues, then go to iamclovis.com slash start and work with me right now. Like if you've put on the quarantine 15 or whatever, guys, that's unacceptable right now. Okay? Let me repeat that. I, I know I'm supposed to be like the rainbows and unicorns guy, like make everybody feel good and self-love and all these things, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm big on self-love, but if you put on 15 pounds over the quarantine, that's unacceptable and you need to reverse it. Right? Let's do it. Work with me. I'll help you. I don't say that as judgment. There's zero judgment there. I want you to be happy. And I know you're not happy when you're putting on 15 pounds during a quarantine or whatever. That doesn't make you happy. I know that. So let's fix it, right? Not a judgment. I know it's been stressful times. I know a lot of people are drinking alcohol and eating junk food, right? Let's fix it. That's it. All right, guys. Until next time, I will keep you posted. Thank you for hanging here with me. I appreciate it. Thank you for all the love, all the get well soon wishes and all these things. I will go lay in the sun. All right, everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye. What's up, everybody? Justin, again, I hope you enjoyed that episode, and I hope that me sharing my personal experience with COVID will add some value to your life, uh, maybe the lives of your loved ones, maybe some people who are pretty terrified of coronavirus and COVID but may not personally know anyone who has dealt with it. I'm really hoping that sharing my experience and allowing people to get a behind-the-scenes look on what this illness, COVID-19, is like for a young, metabolically healthy individual will help to at least squash some of the fears around this thing. I am blown away every day by the intensity of the fear-mongering that is coming out of mainstream media, mainstream news outlets surrounding COVID-19. I, I think it's absolutely criminal how bad they are, are scaring people, in all honesty. Um, given what the survival rate is, et cetera, et cetera. And again, I have previous podcasts talking about that, and I will have more COVID updates for you moving forward. Just a reminder, you can sign up for the free Clovis Crash Course, a five-day crash course on all things nutrition and fitness. Just visit IamClovis.com slash crash course. Again, IamClovis.com slash crash course course, sign up for the free Clovis Crash Course, and you will receive your day one email immediately. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.